Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Kevin Walker and Brian Davis, the CEO and CTO, respectively, of Centauri, a startup building what they call a generative AI second brain for deal lawyers. Kevin, Brian, great to see you. Great to see you too, Ari. Thanks for having us on. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So Kevin, tell us about your background and the genesis of Centauri. Sure, so my background is as a transactional lawyer. So I started out at Paul Hastings doing primarily mergers and acquisitions and private equity, and then went in-house to do startup work, general commercial and real estate law. So I've always been in the transactional deal-making space and had a problem that I think is quite relatable for any attorney, whether they're in transactional or litigation, which is recognizing that our profession is a knowledge-driven profession. So knowledge is the currency of what we do. And anytime we go negotiate a new deal or draft a new brief, you know, we're relying on the amalgamation of our knowledge and perhaps our team's knowledge to go draft that first version and finding it to be very challenging sometimes to go find the particular clause or the particular form of agreement that you used before and you want to reuse for a particular transaction and thinking there must be a better way to consolidate that knowledge and make it retrievable. And I think it was uh, probably about a year and a half ago that I I realized that generative AI is just a a great application of technology to that problem. And that was uh, the genesis of Centauri to go find a better way for legal professionals to organize their information. Ryan, tell us about your background and the potential benefits of a generative AI second brain for lawyers. So my background is a data scientist and machine learning engineer coming from working at uh, Indeed and Meta and Nextdoor. And I was exploring a lot of technologies, a lot of the same technologies uh, from the different angles, starting with the technology and and looking for applications across different domains. And Kevin and I, I think, uh, found ourselves coming to the legal domain with a similar thesis, different backgrounds, but similar thesis. And I guess a second brain is, is obviously a little bit of a catch term, a little bit of a, a catchy term to, to, to get some attention, but it truly is, uh, I think, at the boundary between structured information and unstructured information that we are seeing the most recent wave of technologies make a big impact. So obviously, as a data scientist, um, a lot of my background has been dealing with uh, doing analytics over large volumes of data to help people make better decisions. That's a lot of what modern data science is about. And I would argue that perhaps a lot of modern machine learning is is the unstructured version of that. How do you allow people to reason over really unstructured information, like large bodies of text, large volumes of pixel data from pictures and things like that? And that boundary between the two is really what I think where Centauri is well positioned and where perhaps the latest, latest wave of innovative technologies that have hit the entire ecosystem are making their stand. Kevin, just Brian just talked about this. What's the difference between unstructured and structured data, and why does that matter for law firms? We think of all this information as being frozen in the iceberg. So all that that data from years and years of transactions, proprietary knowledge on how to negotiate across from particular law firms or counterparties, unique ways of negotiating uh, on the edge cases of various deals, that's all there. It's in our databases, whether that's in a document management system or cloud storage, wherever your email, local storage, wherever that may be. But right now it's just buried and it's not being retrieved and extracted for the full value we can derive from this. When I think about turning all that unstructured information into structured information, that's running it through AI systems and models that can pull out metadata, insights, 
information that we can then use and deploy in our deal making for clients. That's how I view it from the from the practitioner's perspective, and Brian might have uh, a perspective from you know the data science side. I think of structured data as really data that is in a format that allows you to make decisions about it, and so you can begin to test hypotheses. Uh, maybe even test counterfactuals. What would it have been like if, if I had done it this way? Do I have examples in my data set that represent what it would have been like in another way? I want to, for instance, see what the outcomes were of similar negotiations across a whole body of negotiations. Being able to answer questions like that requires the conversion of this sort of messy stuff that is st uh, stored often in, in terms of raw documents into structured information that we can then extract, compare, run queries against, and so forth and so on. Ryan, on that point, I can see a number of different benefits from this technology. Who attains the greatest value? Is it lawyers or is it their clients? This is perhaps the latest edge of a wave of technologies that have affected a lot of different sectors of the economy and that perhaps law has been a holdout just because of the complexity of the data under consideration. Legal documents are extremely complicated, sophisticated things, and it has been a long time coming for the technology to be developed to effectively melt the iceberg, as Kevin put it. I think we can see the benefit in more formulaic legal work where uh, a larger and larger body of legal work has become amenable to like filling out forms, templating, things like that. And I think that as the reasoning capabilities of these technologies increase, we're going to see more work fall under that purview where there can be higher efficiencies gained throughout a workload and to have attorneys really focusing their efforts on more strategic concerns rather than the more formulaic work. Kevin, how do you see this technology affecting the law firm business model? Sure. And, and maybe related to what Brian said, it's we, we view this as an up-leveling of the entire profession. So you think about the law student that dreams of you know going and being a lawyer and you know arguing in court or negotiating at the in the boardroom across from your sophisticated counterparties. That's the that's what brings us all to law school with what's is what gets us excited. And then you graduate and suddenly you're extracting data from agreements and filling out tables and doing things that don't feel like practicing law at all. And what we view Centauri as, as unlocking, this technology more broadly unlocking, is you know, a return to what makes legal, the legal profession so enticing and rewarding, and that's the human relationships. So we think about technology as automating these processes, and there's a lot of talk about what does this mean for the billable hour, or what does this mean for the profession more broadly. I take an optimist view that this is going to bring us back to first principles and allow us to really do you know, the job that we love doing. And that up-levels the experience, not just for the attorneys, it'll make us you know, happier lawyers that are eliminating the tedious work and able to focus on relationships and happier clients. We're getting deals done more quickly. We're delivering results. We're showing up for them and, and really leaning into those relationships. So you know, when we think about the law firm business model, I think it will enhance every single asset of the, of the firm. Brian, how does... Centauri resolve generative AI's hallucination risk? Totally fair question and one we get a lot of the time. So there's two sort of key principles that come to mind for me. The first is citation and the second is verification. Citation is doing our absolute utmost to make sure that any claims that are being made via our outputs, be that just data extraction outputs or generative drafting outputs, are using citations of known sources of truth in their process of generating answers and extracting data. And there's various natural language processing prompt engineering techniques that one can use to encourage the sorts of behavior. And we make use of a lot of the latest and greatest cutting edge of those things. 
a lot of that has to do also with providing trusted sources of truth for these models to reason over. And that is the sort of secret underlying secret behind the software architecture that has become known as RAG, Retrieval Augmented Generation, is to make sure that the things that you trust about your data are in the context and that are controlled by you prior to asking a model to make reasoning over those things. The second thing is that verification is super important. I, I recall listening to Andre Karpathy, the head of Tesla, talk about the secret to making autopilot work at Tesla was to have this sort of 3.0 code, the next generation of code, be working while surrounded by 2.0 code. You need to be providing an ecosystem such that there's fault tolerance embedded in you need many layers of redundancy. You need the ability for a human to take the wheel. Trusting these things to run in an automated fashion in a vacuum is not the solution uh, for this time and this technology. We may get there at some point, I won't be surprised, but we're strong believers in including humans to verify extraction in the process and including human reasoning in the drafting process. Kevin, how do you see legal AI evolving over the next few years? Brian and I spend a lot of time when we're not coding and working with customers, we're thinking about what the future holds for this technology and how to bring that technology to users in a way that, that enhances their lives. And Right now, when we talk about large language models, we really are talking about language models. So we're talking about you know, next token prediction and, and this technology that allows the system to generate text. And it's a great application for drafting, for maybe negotiating an agreement with very well-defined parameters that it's negotiating uh, against. But when you start to think about having these systems do the negotiation and start to make more strategic, you know, almost judgments on behalf of the attorney, that's where the technology just doesn't, it, it just isn't there yet. But what gets exciting is when it might be there. So there is this other type of technology that's called a planning model, which is more of the understanding the chessboard. So think about Deep Blue versus Gary Kasparov, being able to play a thousand chess games and know what the board looks like. When you combine a planning model with a language model, suddenly you open up a, a whole new frontier of what's possible, especially for legal industry applications, where you can imagine a model negotiating a transaction or providing suggested negotiation points. That's where things will get very interesting. And that's who knows exactly you know, when that's going to be arriving in production, but we expect that that's the next wave of this technology. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Kevin Walker and Brian Davis, the CEO and CTO, respectively, of Centauri, a startup building what they call a generative AI second brain for deal lawyers. Kevin, Brian, thanks so very much. Thank you, Ari. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, Ari. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.